Well, the playoff picture is rounding into form. We're just, we have two weeks left in the 11-man season. Welcome in to another episode of the Nebraska Prep Zone Report. I'm Dylan Adams, joined once again by Mike Patterson and Stu Pospisil. And guys, here we go. We're, we got a couple of big one-two matchups on the on Friday the 13th this week. We're going to get to that in a little bit, but I guess we probably should start with uh, what Stu had in his column yesterday with District 4 really being muddied up here as Lincoln Southeast knocked off Millard West and, and all four teams now at 2-1 and one in the district. Yeah, Millard West, Southeast, Southwest, and Millard North, 2-1, and one, four-way tie, two weeks left in the regular season. Millard West could have gotten control of the race, uh, but only got 48 yards of offense. I, wow. I think I heard they had four touchdowns called back because of penalties. Uh, lost to Southeast 21-10. That's... Second good win for Southeast in Lincoln over uh, a Metro team. Papio High's only loss is um, to Southeast. And so Southeast goes in the rankings right behind Lincoln East. Um, Southeast is in 10th. You know, the team that is saying with a 2-5 and five record, but I think provided they beat Southwest this week, um, it's going to be Miller North. Yeah. Um, you know, Miller North last week um, had, you know, rolled to a win. They also didn't use Evan Hansen, a quarterback. I, I'm not sure what the if he's hurt. Caden uh, Vermas stepped in, you know, major college prospect. Um, looks like, you know, maybe they can alternate at least if, if Evan's available. And if not, Caden uh, certainly gives them the electric type of, of uh, quarterback with with his speed and um, so Miller North Bears watching I believe these these next couple of weeks and I think in the playoffs they'd probably be sitting you know somewhere 13 14 15 16 might not be a favorable matchup for anybody other than West Side if only Miller North had a little more experienced coach right yeah talk <laughs> on you know it oh well, you know young Freddie. Boy, I, I remember when he started. Wow. <laughs> when was that? I remember when he started at Miller North. I I was still in high school during the cathedral days. All right. But I was only kidding, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's his 41st year. Wow. wow. That's amazing. Dean, that Certainly dean of the, the Class A coaches. No doubt. But, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy for those that don't know. I mean, all sitting at 2-1, and one, all four teams control their own destiny to grab one right. of those two automatic qualifier spots. And then a third team would be in line for, for Maybe a wild a fourth. card. Okay. All, all four could. If Miller North wins out, if they get the win over Southwest and beat Bryan, I project their points to be within the safe range of being a, a wild card team. If they'd be about... 352, 353. Hmm. That's 39 plus. Usually the cutoff is around 38 in the in the point average. Hmm. So I think, you know, I would project Miller North with two wins getting in, unless there'd be some some crazy results elsewhere. I liked your comparison to the Big Ten West. I think that really fits. I mean, it is kind of a lot of mediocrity, but but all those teams still have a chance. Right. Well, and as we get closer. From what I saw on Friday night, you do not want to be in the two, three, six, seven hole in the, pl- or I'm sorry, in the four, five, uh, eight, nine hole because you're going to see West Side earlier than you want to see. I mean, you do not want to see West Side, I believe, until the state final if you can possibly help it because going out to Kearney last week, it was 
by most observers' reckonings, it was the most efficient demolishing of a good team. I mean, we're not we're not talking a team that hasn't won or is struggling. Carney is a good program at home. 511 yards at halftime, 56 points. Hold Carney to 31 yards Ugh. of offense. It's 56 nothing. That's how the game ends. Westside didn't put its starters back out for the second half. Carney uh, gave it a little time and said, "Okay, we're going to, you know, just play this out. Westside's not trying to to do anything crazy, and so we're just going to get through. Don't get hurt. We got a lot of season left, and." You know, it was just offense, defense, special teams. And honestly, Westside didn't have a great return. Uh, Carney had the 70-yard return, and then uh, Teddy Rezac steps in front of the receiver on the next play, gets the, the pick, and any momentum Carney might have had went out the window with that pick, and that was at 28 nothing. And So Westside looks good, but now we find out on Friday night – how big, if, well, first of all, if there's a gap between them and Millard South, and should Westside win, how big is the gap with them to the rest of the state? Millard South on Friday night last week goes up to Columbus, where Columbus had played North, which is number three now, pretty tough uh, a couple, three weeks ago. Millard South needed a defensive stand in the final minute to preserve a 14 10 win. So. You know, you can read a lot into that. You may read more into that than than we should. You know, were they looking ahead? Did Columbia, you know, Metro teams traditionally have issues going outside, making the road trip, and this is a young Millard South team. It's going to be around for a couple of years, you know, certainly challenging uh, for state honors, you know, this year, next year, and the year after for sure. And Ty Wisdom's got that program continuing to roll. Uh, but we're going to find out how if there's a team that can stay with Westside, and if it's not, then does Westside really get threatened before going into Memorial Stadium next month? Yeah, um, the road trip was not a factor at all for the Warriors, but but yeah, and they mentioned it. They they mentioned <laughs> that the, they you know heard the comments. You know, last year they got North Platte. North Platte had triple option offense. They didn't. Uh, Westside didn't have its A game that night and got beat in North Platte. So the preparation last week, uh, both Anthony Rezac, their quarterback, and Teddy's twin, and Paul Amanji, the coach, they were dialed in. And unfortunately for West, or for uh, Carney, it was the wrong number for the Bearcats. I was covering a different game that night, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I went on the went on my phone to check that score and I saw 56 to nothing at halftime it's one of those it's like whoa did you think I had a typo on my I was just wondering it's like could it be that high at halftime I mean we all know how good Westside is obviously but for them to just have that total demolition of a game and uh you know the other game Columbus and and Millard South I think that really was a trap game for the Patriots going on the road like that and the week before the the really big showdown with Westside. So I think the main thing, kind of a Nebraska flavor, just win in advance. And uh, they were able to get the win and, um, you know, sets up the big showdown Friday night. But, boy, Westside's really looking uh, incredibly strong. Well, and they, they're a lot of seniors. Millard South, mostly sophomores and juniors. So it's gonna, 
you know, again, uh, Westside's got more big game experience than Millard South, but last year it went to overtime at Westside. So, you know, Jet Tamala, um, first-year starter for Millard South as a sophomore. I mean, bright future. A lot of their sophomores are uh, Marion Jackson. It's going to be uh, fun to watch. I'm, I don't expect 56 nothing at halftime, I'll tell you that. Uh, I, I, I hope for the, the fans and... Um, you know, that's a four-quarter game. And I think Westside could use a four-quarter game, but they're certainly going to be set to rest their senior, rest their starters in the fourth quarter. And I think the, the experience that all these Patriots sophomores, all these young guys are going to get from not only this season so far, but that game Friday night, going into these yep. next two years. I mean, we were talking about before we came on, we think that the Millard South can kind of ease into where Westside is now. At least Westside territory. Yes. Not not the Westside's gonna go away. Right. But because they've they seem to have a, a program going and you, you gotta remember people like Christian Jones and Kenyon Cotton are juniors. So you've still you're gonna have some building blocks sure. for next year. But uh, yeah, it, this could be this this game well maybe even last year was kind of the start of a, a good Rivalry renewed because Westside Millard South off and on have had some tremendous games, but uh, well, PAT you uh, you get a good one Friday night as well. Absolutely right, one and two in Class B with uh, Elkhorn North playing at Bennington. So another uh, great game. That's that's how it goes, isn't it? You have one of those weekends where there's just good games. I mean, two really marquee games. So. We'll see if Bennington can keep their long win streak going. And, uh, 30, 33 games. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, we'll see if Elkhorn North is uh, up to the task. Those, those top few teams in Class B really feel like they've uh, kind of put some space between them and the rest of the Class B field. But Yeah, uh, above, yeah we'll, sure. see, we'll see what happens Friday night. But it's half of the Eastern Midlands Conference. It's Bennington, Elkhorn North, and number four, Waverly. Omaha Scott. Probably still thinks they had the defensive stop against Bennington week one, didn't get it in a 14-13 loss. They have played really well. Um, Bennett Terman's back a quarterback, but uh, Van Dyke, while he was gone uh, with Mono, uh, played well, kept Scott rolling. So they've got two capable quarterbacks, uh, large senior class, uh, 32 kids in Scott's senior class. They're going to... It's going to be interesting, and I've not taken a deep dive into Class B yet, but again, who's the number one seed, and who gets that two versus three, and you know, with Waverly in there too, you know, Waverly hasn't been to a state final in a long time, you know, depending on the matchup, you know, maybe maybe this is it, but but I think there's a, a distinct cutoff between Waverly and the rest of the field based on consistency. Now, Norris gave Waverly a game a few weeks ago. I was reminded about that over the weekend. Uh, again, you got you got to show up. you got to play. And there's going to be upsets happen and injuries and, and what have you. But, uh, you know, conventional wisdom says right now those are the four teams you better keep an eye on in Class B. Just saw the Vikings. Did they travel out to Scotts Bluff? They got a nice win out there. I mean, yeah, they started like 27 nothing at mm-hmm. halftime and finished 27-13. Scotts Bluff kind of has hit the skids. Uh, tough stretch, four in a row for losses. Lost to, at Hastings last week. So uh, the Tigers' first time in a couple years uh, uh, in the rankings in Class B at number 10. Good, And there were whispers that this was going to be a better Hastings team, and I'm thinking maybe – 
this the program back on the rise. They've, you know, again the smaller towns. Sometimes you get the the cycle going of of good teams, and then you get small classes or, you know, just a, a talent dip. Sure. But um, you know, Hastings has the facilities. You know, with the college and. It's good, good to see the Tigers. Good good football tradition through the years. Some guy named Osborne came out of there. <laughs> yeah. I saw two uh, pretty good Class B teams play on Friday night when uh, Blair was able to go into Elkhorn and beat the Antlers. First time uh, the Bears have defeated Elkhorn since 1995. So uh, quarterback Bodie Sukup had a really nice game for Blair, uh, the head coach's son. And, and a Nebraska uh, walk-on from what I'm Hearing. I'm hearing that too. So it's kind of a really wild fourth quarter. It was low scoring until that point, but uh, on a really chilly, windy night in Elkhorn. And um, yeah, Blair got the victory. So I don't know if either one of those two teams can stay with some of the teams that you're talking about on top of Class B, Stu. But uh, that night they were both looking uh, fair, but you know, Elkhorn's kind of struggling right now. I think that's their fourth straight loss, but mm. they all four ranked teams, and I think three of them were ranked one, two, and three. So, um, yeah, we'll give them a little bit of a, a little bit of an excuse there. But um, yeah, Elkhorn looking to get it turned around, and uh, really big confidence builder for Blair. Yeah, definitely. They had started with two losses, uh, have won four or five since then, and uh, the loss was to Bennington. So, yep. you know, maybe they're not going to get as high a seed as they had hoped, but. Uh, uh, you know, they're again one. Maybe you don't necessarily want to face in the in the quarters or, or first round. I can't remember where is that one versus two matchup uh, in Class B on Friday. It's at Bennington. Okay. Yep, because you'll be there PAT, right? Right. So, yeah. I and I guess at, I'll be at Millard South. Yeah, you'll be at <laughs> I, <Noel>. yep. <laughs> I saved my seat last week. So <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, I was looking through some of the stats. It, it looks like North, they've only given up 51 points all year. So kind of similar similar makeup, I guess, as the Badgers. So that'll be that'll be a fun one for sure. It Maybe be, not as tight, as, not as good a schedule as Bainton. I, right. Uh, you know, Elkhorn North first couple of years got really saddled you know, for a first-year school, you know, and it, it took them this cycle to get going. But I would say Bainton, because they've, you know, they were state champions two years ago, they were going to get a good schedule yeah. for this cycle. And, you know, I mean, I think that's the test for Elkhorn North is how, you know, and they've got they've got the capability, uh, but they're going to have to shut down uh, Peyton, uh, uh, uh can't think of his last name. Can't either. Yeah, I made. I it was a. Um, I, I was making uh, a pun with a couple weeks ago, <laughs> but anyway, quarterback and uh, Quentin Archer, running back. Um, you know, their offense has improved since I saw them against York, winning only seventeen nothing. York had something to do with it that night, mm-hmm. um, but. Um, you know, Elkhorn North playing two quarterbacks, uh, Jet Tinglehoff, their speedster. I think it comes down to um, how well the the Wolves do on defense mm-hmm. against Bainton and especially the line. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be at both spots, and we'll have to uh, trade stories after that uh, night of games. Yeah. Big could, one coming up Friday the 13th. Can we get a gr- grinded out game, you know, kind of like that Bennington Scott game week one. I think that was 14 13. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, we can move on here. Speaking of the Wolves, uh, they're climbing up in your latest rankings, Mike. And 
in the volleyball rankings. Yeah, we had a really interesting week last week, Dylan, as far as volleyball goes. I'm going to start with uh, what happened out at Columbus SCOTUS where Kearney Catholic snapped Lincoln Lutheran's long, long win streak, uh, snapped it at 74 in the final of the Centennial Conference Tournament. Uh, Chris Connor's stars won in uh, three sets, including the second set, which was 34-32, so a real marathon, and yeah. then they rode that momentum to the victory. So, uh, you know, just can't say enough about those top teams in Class C1. They're all really close, and uh, Lincoln Lutheran C2 now. They used to be C1, but, sure. uh, yeah, 26-1. and one, They hadn't lost in almost two years. So uh, even though they were at 74, they weren't close to the – Record of 105 set by John Peterson and Scotus. That's now, right. I, now, did you see him? Was he at the? I did not see John. Well, he might have been on the golf course. Yeah, and I bet he had his fingers crossed, like the the 72 Dolphins. Yeah, Don Chua. Yeah. You know, somebody <laughs> told me that John's got. Oh, it's a, a granddaughter or a grandson, possibly at Millard West. So if he pops up around here, don't be surprised. But okay. yeah, John's uh, John was a legend coaching volleyball-wise, but, uh, I mean, that wasn't the only great volleyball going on. Um, yeah, you mentioned Elkhorn North. They won the Eastern Midlands Conference tournament over Norris, and uh, they're moving up. And also, I was at um, our number one and number two were playing each other. Papio South and Scott were playing in the Skyhawk Invitational. Papio South prevailed in the best of three, but it did go three, and that last set was 25-23, so it was very close. But Free uh, volleyball, got to love it. Yeah. yeah. Papio South um, moved to 30-0 and and stay our overall number one team, but you know, there were only five teams in that Skyhawk invite, but uh, the third one was Papio, and then the other two teams, St. Thomas Aquinas from Kansas City and uh, Marist from Chicago, and mm. They were both really good. So all five of those teams, really high-quality volleyball going on. So. so Papio South finished undefeated, obviously, in that. <clears throat> right. Who, did Scott uh, finish, like, 3-1 and one then? or No, Scott actually went winless in the, oh my gosh. In the tournament. Papio even got him, which Papio played him right after Scott had played Papio South. Uh-huh. So draw your conclusion from that. But uh, what'd you do with Scott in the rankings then? I kept him right up there. I mean, when I saw how close they played Papio South and and the Titans are ranked seventh nationally, and um, if one or two things would have gone the Skyhawks' way, they would have won that match. But uh, Papio South was just a little too tough down the stretch. So that told me those two teams are really close still. I mean, it's it's tough with Class B, and we've talked about this because Scott plays so many matches against teams from out of state. Um, Record-wise, not that impressive, 17 and 13, but 10 of those losses are two high-quality out-of-state teams. So they've lost twice to Papio South and once to Papio. Hmm. And, uh, you know, where they fit with Elkhorn North and Norris, uh, even Gretna East, um, those top class B teams that'll sort itself out at the state tournament. Well, I would districts think. first and then state. Right, right. Got to get to state first. But uh, it's hard to argue with uh, what Renee Saunders has done eight straight class B championships. And, and uh, you know, she really thinks that competition that, that they play really sets them up for postseason here in Nebraska, and boy, it's hard to argue with that success. Well, I mean, you look at, I peaked at the national rankings today. You've got two in the top 25 with F500 or lower. and 
Oh yeah. You know, I, again, competition does matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's why I'm never afraid to stick a, a team with a losing record in the rankings if if they've played a tremendous schedule. I was going through some old clippings and back in the '90s, I had Hastings ranked in basketball at like one and thirteen, but it was just they had dropped down from A to B and they were playing a class A schedule. They had um, uh, almost beaten a good Grand Island team, and Grand Island Chevee beat my number three team in Class B the previous week. So, you know, Hastings, I think, ended up... Um, um, I don't think that was the team that uh, Roncalli beat in the final, but it was during that vintage, Mike, that uh, with... with um, uh, you know those good, uh, good teams back then. It, Hastings just, you know, if they had played a Class B schedule, would have it, where I thought they would have fit. So, but now again, when, I'm not hesitant to rank a losing team. Now, when you ranked a team that was one and thirteen, did you get a little feedback from the fans? <laughs> this is probably before email, right? So yeah. they had to write you a letter. No, I letter. Well, hey, it did not come by Pony Express. How about carrier? Your, yours might have come by Pony Express. How, You're older than me. How about carrier pigeon? <laughs> <laughs> Telegrams, no. <laughs> a message in a bottle floating upstream on the... I don't think you can float upstream on the Missouri without help. No. Probably not. <laughs> uh, but this is a fun time of year, guys. It, really it is. is. Volleyball is heating up, and, and we're going to have uh, eight-man matchups right after this week. We'll have eight-man we'll first round. Saturday for Sunday. Uh, we've got state softball starting. Yep. Uh, Wednesday at Hastings. New format there. It's... Uh, uh, much like the um, CWS, where you break each class into two pods of four, winners uh, will meet for the bracket, uh, or for the over the two bracket winners meet in Omaha mm. next Monday. Mm. So Class C, Class B, Class A are going to be playing at Connie Clausen Field. NET is going to show them uh, live. Heard that um, uh, Peaches James. Is going to be the color commentator. Cool. The former pitcher for Papio. Yep. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe she doesn't throw out the first pitch because I know Ron Higdon is uh, looking to have um, noteworthy uh, players of the past uh, commemorate the this new format and TV, which is a great. That would be neat. And baseball gets base uh, uh, television too. Well, it that's, did last that's, year. That's yeah. That's. They've had it already, yeah. so and and that was really good. It was real showcase for the baseball players. Now the softball players are going to get that. So uh, yeah, you mentioned Peaches James from Papio. Too bad they never have any other good pitchers from Papio. I know. Right? You know, I'm kidding well, again. Jordy, Jordan Ball. Jordy might be there, but I, again, what NCAA rules allow for? You know, I I know the the Nebraska High School Hall of Fame with uh, NU. Women's basketball is having a sportsmanship, some in conjunction with a women's basketball game, but they can't give the free tickets to anybody past eighth grade oh. because it's in, so hmm. high school school high schools can't bring students down. Interesting under this program because it's an NCAA recruiting violation yeah. to do that. Yep. But we also have a District Cross Country dodging the thunderstorms on Thursday. They're predicted. Hopefully, we get all those in. And state tennis um, starts Thursday in Lincoln. 
uh, new format there too because of the work being done at the uh, Cook Tennis Center in Omaha. Uh, both uh, A and B are in Lincoln. Uh, a, I believe, Thursday, Friday, and then uh, B is Monday and Tuesday. So, well, you got Metro Conference volleyball next week as the, the regular season winds down in volleyball, and then on to sub districts and districts. By November third, we are <laughs> volleyball's over, and then about ten days later, they roll out the basketballs. So. Yeah, wow. crazy. It is. It is like a busy time of year, and um, yeah. you know and, uh, what. <laughs> Before we go, congratulations. <laughs> Best you. wishes to you and your <laughs> yes. lovely bride. Dylan was married last week, yep, everybody. I had a busy weekend. And so <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. And he came back for this. <laughs> right, I had I th- to. I, I think I'd, go, I'd stay on the honeymoon a little while longer. <laughs> we had to preview these big matchups, though, on Friday. Oh, okay. So <laughs> to give up a day with us, that's hard to believe. Right. Or his wife? Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you make only, a good it's point. Only, it's only been day four. <laughs> You make a good point. Well, I figured I had to come in here and brag about my twins a little bit, too. They, they got a big game three this afternoon. We'll see if they can take the lead over Houston. Yeah, that was their uh, wedding present to you. Was Advancement. Yeah. Winning that game in Houston. And, boy, I, I just wanted to mention the uh, Ron Colley kid with the Phils. Boy, the Phillies just let that game slip away against the Braves last night. And now that's, uh, that's a series like Minnesota and Houston is a series. So. Wow. They just got that monkey off their back, winning that that one game against Toronto last week. And I, seriously, this is the most excited I've been about playoff baseball <laughs> since like Ron Gardenhire days, Mauer Morneau. I mean, I was I was probably like ten years old then. So <laughs> this Kent, has been fun. Was Kent Herbeck playing then, or was that <laughs> after him? <laughs> I wasn't born yet. <laughs> hey, good to see you without your uh, paper sack on. You can you can sell yours to. Um, yeah, the Dylan. the yeah. Bears finally won a game at the expense of the Commanders. So and we got our showdown this weekend. So on uh, Sunday, that's true. It's for the paper bags. Yep, yep. The Even though we lost, bags. we lost the great Dick Butkus. Yes, one of all my right. one of my all time favorite. Rest players. in peace, number fifty one. Yep, yeah, agreed. I'm, I'm scared for that game because yeah, that'll be their first game back in Chicago since his passing. And I think that's going to be a big deal for yeah. sure. So well, Jefferson might be out. Jefferson is looks like he's going to be on the IR. They announced this hamstring, morning. right? Yeah, so. fantasy owners across the country mourn. <sighs> Stu, one of your half favorite teams lost last night, the Packers. So. But I won my fantasy league as a result, so <laughs> well, it all evens out. It all evens out. So true. Hey, in that division, what did I say from the start? Watch the Lions. <laughs> I said watch the Bears, but nobody listened to me. <laughs> Well, it's hard when you got a paper bag over your head. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that something, though? It probably goes Niners, Eagles, Lions for top three in that conference. <laughs> Maybe the Cowboys in there. Yeah. They're having issues. Right. I think the Lions showed some spark that last game last year when they went into Lambeau and, you know, kept the Packers out of the playoffs. Yeah, so that, been that really that. showed me something. You're they, actually in the, uh, the um, Lions electric blue. That's right. Yeah, I'll have to wear my bear shirt next week. So we'll see how that game goes against the Vikes. Good luck to both of you. (laughs) So we can wrap it up for today. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll be back to uh, talk about those 1v2 matchups and playoffs next week. You bet. All right, see you then.